Well, get your Bibles out this morning. We're going to get in the Word because I got a word for you, and I hope you're ready. Uh, but before I get into the Word, I want to share something with you. Last night, uh, I, I finished watching a movie with my wife, and I had a little bit of movie time with my wife. And uh, after I was done, God, God really laid on my heart to kind of get back into my Word to get ready for this morning. And I don't know if, it, if you're like me, but my whole time schedule, my whole sleep schedule is upside down. And so this was midnight now, and, and I'm like, God, I'd really like to go to bed, but God really impressed something on my heart. And so I put my earphones in, and I, I grabbed my laptop, and I began to write. And this is what God led me to say to you this morning. This is a word that I want to give you before we jump into the scripture and the message today. God laid this on my heart to tell you this. Stop looking for what you need from him in this hour. And start looking for and pursuing what he wants to become in this moment. He is the author and finisher of our faith. And I believe, and I hope you will believe this with me, that God is writing his greatest story right now. But some of you go, but pastor, how can you say that? Do you not watch the news? Do you not hear about the death toll? Do you not hear about it? Do you understand that there is nothing under heaven that God does not know? There is nothing under heaven that God is not involved with. He said he would take what the enemy meant for bad and turn it for his good. You might say, but pastor, this is a tragedy. This is a, this is a sad story. This is not a good story. But don't assume that you know what and where the author is taking this. If God is the author and finisher of our faith, do not assume that you know the end of the book while you're still in the middle of the book. He still is the finisher. He is the end of the book. He is uh, the end of the story. And in your book, in your story, the Bible says that you win. Don't limit him in this hour. Let him become limitless in your life, in your homes, and on your jobs, and in your finances. You can't do anything about this situation, but God can do everything. So right where you're sitting, I want you to say this, and you're some of y'all in this room, you can say it with me as well. Say this, say, God can do it. No, come on, you're looking at me. You still didn't say it. Say, God can do it. Until we get this declaration in our hearts and our minds, we will sit there staring at televisions, hoping that tomorrow will come. Say, God can do it. Say, I believe it. I declare it. I receive it. I'm walking in it right now. Now that we did all that, let's get in the word. You ready? So last week we did part two of the Christ is series. This week we're into part three and I'm ready to deliver this word to you. In the midst of this crisis, in the midst of this pandemic, in the midst of this struggle, the first week we dealt with that Christ is our healer. He is the one who restores us to our original condition or design. Then last week we dealt with the fact that Christ is our deliverer. He was the one that caused the waves to stop crashing in the middle of the sea. When the disciples were stressed out, he spoke to it and said, peace, be still. And let me tell you something. I said something last week. I took advantage of it this week. I said, go grab a pillow and get it nap. I didn't say get depressed. I said get a nap. There's a difference. God is speaking peace to your moment. He's speaking peace to your storm. Receive that word so that the waves can calm down. But this morning I want to get into part three. So open up your Bibles to the book of Luke chapter 13. And I'm going to try my hardest to get through this whole thing. But if I don't, guess what? We'll do it again next week. Amen. The book of Luke chapter 13 verse 10. It says this. One Sabbath day, as Jesus was teaching in a synagogue, he saw a woman who had been crippled by an evil spirit. 
She had been bent double for 18 years and was unable to stand up straight. And when Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Dear woman, you are healed of your sickness. Then he touched her and instantly she could stand straight. How she praised God. Can we pray real quick before we jump into this word this morning? Father, I need you to not speak just through me, but speak to the people that are watching right now. Go into their homes. Move through their house, God. Today is not a word where we look backwards. Today is a word where we march forward. Today is a day of victory. Today is a day of healing. Today is a day of deliverance. Today is a day of strengthening. Today is a day of a new song. Father, today... Be with us in this moment as we grow together in your word. I want to go back to verse 10 for just a moment. It says, one Sabbath day as Jesus was teaching in a synagogue, he saw a woman who had been crippled by an evil spirit. And some of y'all read that and go, my God, she was crippled by an evil spirit. That's, that's really bad. But, but I saw something that most people don't look at. It says that Jesus was in the synagogue ministering. He was in the synagogue teaching. And a woman was there who was crippled for 18 years. It didn't matter how she got crippled. It mattered that the crippled was in the house. It didn't matter what she was going through. It mattered that she got up every morning and went back to the house to receive what God wanted to speak to her in that moment. Jesus is in the synagogue. Jesus is in the house. Christ, the anointed one, is in the house and he's ministering. And this crippled woman keeps coming back for more. Crippled for 18 years. Struggling, needing, but yet still worshiping. Still seeking. Still believing. Still trusting. You know she prayed. And she probably asked God to heal her, asked God to deliver her, but yet she was still in the middle of it for 18 years. Here's the crazy part. God didn't allow bitterness and weariness to overtake her. She was in it for 18 years. I don't think, I think we missed this. Could you imagine being crippled, doubled over for 18 years not seeing what you believe what, which, what's to come, not seeing the miracle yet, but still worshiping because you trust God bigger than the circumstances. God didn't allow bitterness. God didn't allow weariness. You know what? I, I heard somebody, I, I, Pastor, it's been, you know, even my neighbors, Brian, it's been two weeks. I don't know how I'm going to take anymore. It's been two weeks, 16 days since quarantine. This woman did 18 years and we're complaining at 16 days. And we're talking sometimes like God has disappeared. But this woman for 18 years kept believing that God would deliver her. What about what God can do in this moment through you and around you? Not what he hasn't done, but what... Listen, this woman for 18 years is going to the synagogue worshiping. What is she declaring? Is she declaring through her worship how bad God has failed her? Is she declaring through her worship with her bent over self, probably lifting her hands in worship? Is she declaring that God has walked away from her and betrayed her? No, she is standing in the house of God worshiping because she knows that this too shall pass. She knows that this is just a season, a fleeting moment that will disappear. For your afflictions are yet but temporary. It is amazing to me how our vocabulary has, a, has a, almost a decisive factor to change in this moment where we were once living by faith when we could get up and go to church and do whatever we wanted to do. But the moment we got shut down in our house, how all of a sudden we think that God left us 16 days later. You haven't been crippled for 18 days. You've been at home for 16. And I know the walls are closing. 
And I know your kids are stir crazy. But God is still on the throne. And he's still doing miracles. Pastor, how could you say that? Do you watch the news? Do you see the report? There used to be a song we used to sing said, Whose report shall you believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. Yes, I watch the news. Yes, I watch Fox. Yes, I even look at CNN every once in a while. I look at them all. I check a little MSNBC. I look at a little bit of WWL, and they're all saying the same thing. This is the worst thing ever, but I serve a God who does not leave us nor forsake us. What are you speaking in this moment? What are you declaring in this moment? Are you crippled? Because here's the truth of the matter. The woman went to the church went to the synagogue to worship. Jesus was in the house ministering. I will bet you, I wasn't there, but I'll bet you she didn't worship like a cripple. Because you can't worship a delivering God and still call yourself broken. You can't worship a saving father and still sit in your struggle. What about what God can do in this moment through you and around you how does God want to use you in this moment? I get it. Let's just, let's just use the moment for a second. Let's take the 18 years of a crippled woman and let's put it in the 16 days of your quarantine. God is still using this woman today through this scripture. How will he use you when this season is over? In fact, how will he use you in the middle of this season? Are you allowing what seemingly is crippling to stop you from going to God, from demonstrating who God is? Or are we going to wait till we come out of this to worship our best? Are we going to wait till the doors are open, until the president says we can leave our homes, until, until the governor releases us? Are we going to wait till that moment to worship? Or are we going to stand in this moment and worship? You got to get up. Get up out of your bed of affliction and go to God. Even though the struggle is real, even though the struggle is here, I get it, but get up. Stop sitting there. Stop complaining. Stop whining. Stop bickering. Stop fussing. Start loving. Start caring. Start giving. Start trusting. Start believing. Not once it's over, but in the middle of it. Because a cripple is a mindset, not a sentence. Yes. Ask somebody who has been crippled for a long time. And they'll tell you, stop calling me a cripple. Because I'm not defined by what I am. I'm defined by who I can become. You're not a cripple. You're delivered. You're free. Act like it. Stand like it. Declare like it. Sing like it. Worship like it. Pray like it. Let your family see that you're not broken. I get it. Anxiety, fear, depression wants to step in. But God says, it says in all of these things, in all of the word, in all of the scripture, it says God hasn't given you the spirit of fear. So if you're picking up fear and anxiety and doubt and worry, you're picking up something God didn't hand you. You're picking up something you manufactured in your own right. And so now you're becoming a cripple because you're choosing to hold on to this struggle instead of going, God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of love, but of power and of a sound mind. I am whole in this moment. I am a vessel in this moment. I am ready to be filled so that I can be poured out in this moment. I am not broken. I am not dismayed. I am not downtrodden. I am the righteousness of my father. You got to declare something bigger than the walls that you're looking at right now. Cripple is a mindset. It's 
not a sentence. She was in the house, in the midst of it. Where are you right now? We shouldn't be so clinging to the church in this hour that we're not clinging to God. I'm just the cherry on the top at the end of your worship week. This moment right now is not the thing that saves you. What will save you is how you walk through your Monday through Saturday so that when we come together, whether we can see each other or not, we can worship God in one accord in spirit and in truth and watch him do his greatest work. I declare over you right now, you are not crippled. You are not broken. You are not fearful, anxiety, or depressed. You are not those things. You are dad's favorite. Stand up, square your shoulders back, lift up your head, and let the enemy know that you are not going down in this moment. You will stand strong and see the hand of God in the land of the living. It goes on in verse 11. It says, she had been bent double for 18 years. Bent double. I couldn't even imagine. I mean, I had back issues years, years ago, and, 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 and I know what it is to be bent over, but for 18 years, no, no, no. I, don't, I, barely, could have, I barely handled five, but 18 she was bent over double. Let me say this to you. As I was reading this, God started to deal with me. He says, even in the midst of us going to God, we can allow situations to cripple us so severely that we lose our perspective. We lose our viewpoint. It causes us to be so caught up in our current situation that we can't lift our heads to see and believe what is coming. I could only imagine what this woman had to deal with, the things that she had to overcome in her own mindset. Because if she was what the word says, she was doubled over for 18 years. That means what she saw every day, what was her now, not what was her future. Watch this. She had to worship without sight. She had to worship not being able to necessarily see what was in front of her, but know what was coming in front of her. So many times we only worship God when we can see. But you might be in this moment and you can only see tomorrow. You can only, you can only plan so many things for your little ones to do every day. And most of us are running out of things to do. And so we're sitting in this moment and we're, we're walking around the house going, what am I going to do? God, what am I going to do? Can I just say this to you? Straighten up your back and look up. Lift up your eyes, O ye gates, and see who this help comes from. The Lord God strong and mighty. You got to straighten yourself up. People walking down the street trying to put a smile on their face, but they look like this. I'm just stuck in today. I'm just stuck in the moment. I'm just stuck in this one thing. I'm just stuck in 16 days. I'm just stuck. When is it ever going to change? But you understand that when you lift up your head and you look under the hills from which cometh your help, all of a sudden the declaration out of your mouth changes. And you start to say, look, I might be here, but baby, I'm going there. You're not stuck anymore. What you see is what gives you strength to, to get to tomorrow. But if you're stuck with the viewpoint of a cripple, you'll only see the now and stop believing for tomorrow. Stop talking about today and start declaring God in your tomorrow. Stop. Sunday will end today. Where will your Monday go? Start living for it now. Start believing for it now. And when Monday comes, walk into Tuesday. And when Tuesday comes, walk into Wednesday and watch what happen. By the time you're done, you will have cleared the forest for 40 days and 40 nights and seen the hand of God deliver you out of it. 
You won't have to sit there and go, where has God gone? You will have seen him in the middle of it. It goes on in verse 12. He says, then Jesus saw her and called her over. And I thought, man, that's messed up. You know, this woman is crippled. She's jacked up. And Jesus is probably standing a distance away from her and says, hey, you, come here. Jesus called her out of being crippled into her healing, into deliverance, into freedom. Listen, I don't know if you realize this. You can't just get it by me telling you to do it. You're going to have to do something different. You're going to have to change your thought process. You're going to have to move out of your situation. You need to go for a walk, doggone it. You need to get out of the house. Go walk around your neighbor and put a smile on your face. Somebody else might need to see that smile. Jesus called her out of being a crippled. What is God calling you out of right now? Out of your bed? Out of your Netflix binge watching? Some of y'all, he's calling you out of your pantry and stop eating all the snacks. He's going, don't do it. Don't do it. Because here's what we're going to do. We're going to come out of this thing and we're going to tell God we're fat. And God goes, I didn't do that to you. You chose that. I didn't tell you to go to that cabinet, but I didn't know what to do. I can tell you what you can do. Turn on some worship music. I can tell you what to do. Read your word more than you read those 15 novels you've been trying to get to for the last 10 years. Listen, if you couldn't get to those novels in the last 15 years, why would you try now? Because you got a little more time on your hands? What if we just took the time that we've been given by God? And go after God so that when we come out of this, we can see a bigger God in the midst of our situations, in the midst of our circumstances. Maybe he's calling you out of your complaining. Mm -mm, mm, mm. Maybe he's calling you to a greater place of worship. And I don't necessarily mean singing. I mean just opening up your mouth and declaring God. What is he calling you out of? You're standing in the house. You don't know what to do. And God's saying, hey, I see you. Come here. Come here. It's time to change this thing. As I've been preparing for two weeks, God has been dealing with me. He said, okay, you spoke to faith over fear, but stop living in what's happening and start declaring where we're going. The promise is in front of us. It's not behind us. So let's march towards it. Change our vocabulary. Change our declarations. Change who we are. Change what we're doing in this moment. And so that Christ can bring us through this. It goes on and says when Jesus in verse 12, in the second part of verse 12 into 13, it says when Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, dear woman, you are healed of your sickness. Then he touched her, and instantly she could stand straight. It says how she praised God. But I read that, and I thought, wait a minute, she was already praising God. It said how she praised God, which, which says that her praise went to another level when it was over. It didn't start when it was over. It grew when it was over. God's not looking for you to start worshiping to be strengthened when it's over he's trying to strengthen you in this moment in times of crisis jesus will not only be your healer and deliverer but he will become your strength what brought that woman to the house for 18 years strength what kept her for 18 years strength what delivered her on that morning strength you have to let Christ 
become your strength. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 through 10 says this. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect. Listen to those words. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distress for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Christ is your strength. But let me give you one more this morning. In the book of Acts, chapter 16, verse 25 through 26, it says this, But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were loosed. Most of you know the story. The rest of the story is like this. It's amazing. It's powerful. The jailer wakes up and thinking the prisoners had escaped, he gets ready to kill himself because he realizes killing himself is better than dealing with what the penalty will come for him falling asleep. In that moment, Paul sees him and says, hey man, we're still here. Chill out. Don't kill yourself. Paul and Silas then begin to minister to him and lead him to the Lord. And that night, his whole family gets saved and was baptized. But this morning, I just want to deal with verse 25 and 26. But in order to do that, let me give you a little pre-story in the post-story. It says that Paul and Silas were arrested for preaching the gospel. They were stripped down, beaten with wooden rods, and thrown in prison. So here you have two beaten, bleeding missionaries. And it says this, and while they're beaten and bleeding and stuck in prison, it says at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing. They were praying and singing, not complaining and eating. Praying and singing, not whining and fighting, complaining and bickering, eating all the food, binge watching TV. No, baby, they were praying and singing hymns to God. Watch this. And the prisoners... We're listening. I got to get this to you. <laughs> Do you understand that in the midst of a crisis, your song will not just deliver you, but everyone else around you? It will cause others to hear, to listen, to tune in. Trust me, I've had more conversations in the last two weeks with non-believers than I've had with believers. Who for some reason, because I'm sitting there smiling in the midst of a crisis, they're walking down the street talking to me going, how am I going to make it? I can tell you how. I'll tell you how I do it. I'm talking to people on the phone. I'm talking to people I haven't talked to in a long time, and I'm giving them that God has not quit on us. What, 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 what are you doing in this moment? Okay, you feel like you're locked up in your house. You feel like you got a jail sentence. You feel like you're beaten by wooden sticks and you're bleeding out. But what are you doing? Bleeding out or singing and praying? Not only that, who's listening? Let's just say you're stuck in your house and you haven't left the house. Your kids are listening. Husbands, your wives are listening. Wives, your husbands are listening. I'm not going to do it till he does it. I'm not going to do it till she does it. Shut up and get up and sing. Get up and pray. 
What are you singing in your moment of crisis? What's your song in this hour? Are you a sad ballad of the yesteryears? Are you a song that says tomorrow is going to be brighter than today? Because he's the sun. He's the shining one. Silenced in the midst of your crisis is nothing more than accepting defeat. Sit still. Be quiet. And watch the walls close in. And watch defeat start to take over. Let me help you something. When I worship, it baptizes my pride and my struggles and allows God to raise up above me. My song in this hour is not, oh God, where will we go next? My song in this hour is, God, I'm excited for what you're going to do next. If the enemy can silence your song, he's stolen your victory. If the enemy can silence your song, he has stolen your victory. In the book of Exodus chapter 15, it says this, The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. What? So in other words, he doesn't become my salvation till I desire him to become my strength and my song. Look, when you got saved, you had to change your vocabulary. You had to go from it's all about me to it's all about him. And in that moment, he becomes your salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him. My father's God, and I will exalt him. What are you exalting right now? Corona or God? COVID-19? Your weariness? Your fears? Your struggles? Or God? What are you exalting right now? What are you singing? What is your song? You have to find your song in this moment and sing it. Pastor, I can't sing. I get it. Not everybody's got the gift. But there's still a song in your heart that no one else can sing. There's still a song in this hour that not your your spouse can't sing it, your kids can't sing it, only you can sing it. Let it be written on the tablets of your heart and let it come out of your mouth. Trust me, it'll be a chart topper. Trust me, it'll set the captives free. Trust me, like Paul and Silas, It'll shake the foundation of what you seemingly think is jail and give you opportunities to do greater than you've ever done before. You have to find your song and sing it. Your worship will drown the noise around you and refresh your soul. The other day we were sitting in the house and Tiff and I were sitting on the couch and we just turned on worship. We just started turning on worship and then literally it was like one after another after that. We, 30 minutes later, we're still watching videos of worship music and the whole countenance of the house changed. My son's, my, my, my four-year-old sitting on the couch showing me how he worships God with one hand and, and my daughter's sitting there playing calmly, which that's amazing, right? I mean, that, that's love. I mean, that's amazing. She was calm. And see, see, some of y'all are trying to create calm by stuff. Why don't you just create calm by a song? Why don't you create calm by changing the atmosphere of your home? Why don't you create calm? Look, I put a speaker in my garage, and when I was out in my garage the other day working, trust me, I do not care in this moment. I was playing my worship. There's a song I listen to lately called This Is My Worship. Here is my worship. Man, it messed me up. And I, I'm playing. I don't care who likes it. I don't care who doesn't like it. I'm, I'm worshiping. Here's the funny part. Nobody's telling me to turn it down. Neighbors aren't knocking on the door going, hey, can you, can you turn it I don't want to hear that Jesus stuff right now. I, I was watching. Uh, I looked at Facebook this morning, early this morning as I was getting up, just checking on a couple of things. And, and, and 
I saw a person that I went to, I'm not going to say her name, but a, a person I went to junior high school with. Junior high school. I haven't seen her in years, and she's on a video, and she's like, hey, I just wanted to get on here this morning, and I, I don't know if you need prayer, but if you need prayer, I would be honored to pray for you. That's her song. See, you think I'm talking about lifting up a song. I, I'm just talking about opening up your mouth and letting God come out. But what's going to be your song in this moment? Will people see God through you or wonder if you put him down? There are two types of situations in your life that will affect your song. Two. Song-stealing situations and song-producing situations. Song-stealing situations are what you choose to allow into your home to rob you. Song-producing is when you lock the door and you put a song in the middle of it and you produce something greater than what's knocking outside. You're allowing things to come in. I told my wife this the other day. I said, listen, if Facebook is wavering you, get off of it. If news is wavering you, get off of it. But we got to know. We don't need to know that bad. When it needs to come, we'll get to know. But right now, I'm not clinging. I'm not grabbing a hold of the hem of Fox News. I'm not grabbing the hold of him of CNN. I'm not grabbing the hold of him of Donald Trump. I'm not grabbing the hem of anything other than Jesus. The only one that can deliver me, heal me, set me free, strengthen me, and give me a greater song. I'm not clinging to everything else. So maybe you're, maybe you're like stressed. Ah, ah, stop, stop. And let your song drown out the noise. Produce a song. Make it something great. But whether you're allowing song stealing or song producing moments in your life, you have to decide what's going to affect your song because it's up to you. You have to make the decision in this moment. Will this steal your song or produce it? Will this moment steal your song or produce it? I was, I was watching this. I got an email the other day from one of our teachers, from one of our kids, and she said, you know, let your kids interview you about how you feel about this moment and then save it so that you can share it for generations to come. Man, if I could play those tapes of what I probably hear from most people right now, that is not something I want my children's children to listen to. Oh, I'm afraid. Oh, I'm fearful. Oh, I'm doubtful. I, I don't want to get sick. I don't want to get sick. Let me have something. If you keep saying you don't want to get sick, you're probably going to get it. Because what you fear starts to dwell. It will make a home on the inside of you. But I choose in this moment, if my kids say, Daddy, how do you feel about this? God is on the throne, and he's not coming off of it. Rest assured that we will see the hand of God in the land of the living. So that when she goes to her kids later on and says, Daddy, and, and says, Son, daughter, I want to share this moment with you. Years ago, this happened. They can hear grandpa or great-grandpa. Boy, he didn't waver at all. Because that song will create a greater song into the next generation. You have to make a decision this moment. Will this steal your song or produce it? In your crisis, Christ is your strength. Stand up. You're not crippled. Straighten up. Go to Jesus. He's calling you. And then through your strength, 
He's going to give you a greater song. He's going to give you a greater song. I need us to stop wondering when God's going to deliver us. The more and more I think about it, I feel like the the Israelites, they left Egypt. They got to the other side, and Moses is up on the mountain. He's getting the Ten Commandments, and he comes down, and they've built gods. They've started serving other things rather than the God that delivered them. Somebody said the other day, said, you want to know how this works? Ask your grandparents. If you still have grandparents, ask them, is this the worst? My wife asked me the night, she said, baby, said, has things ever been like, have you ever been through something? I said, no. I said, but we're not in water and bread lines either. We're not living under bridges. We're not, God is still on the throne. Here's what I need from you. And, and, and this is where we've got to start marching. I, I was listening to another preacher. Because, man, now that you got time, you get to listen to everything. And he got on there and he said, listen, listen, I know you want me to talk about this, but I need to declare where we're going, not where we are. And I felt, man, okay, I'm not the only one who feels like this. I will not be a subscriber to anxiety, fear, and depression. And I will not be a deliverer of anxiety, fear, and depression through these Sunday mornings. And I will not keep looking over my shoulder thinking like the bad, bad monster of coronavirus is going to come get me. No, I'm going to keep focused because let me help you with something. The moment you keep looking backwards, it'll catch you. I'm not talking about the virus. If you stop, what I'm saying is as long as you're looking up and you keep marching towards God, God will hold you. He will keep you. He will walk with you. He will talk with you. He will be there in the midnight hour. Give you a great strong. Strengthen you up. Break off the feeling of being crippled. Break off the shackles. Shake the chains. Rip off the gates of your prison and see you walk in the fullness of him. Fear and anxiety step in. Depression steps in. Struggle steps in when we stop marching forward. And this is what I believe in this moment. God is saying, march, march. This is the greatest moment for you to march. Because I believe this with all in my heart. That when this is all said and done, this is not going to be one of those crises, one of those moments where we had a moment flash of running to God. No, 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 no. I believe that in this hour, what's about to happen is that the lost are coming to God. Because you can't hold on to anything else but his unchanging hand. So maybe you're watching this morning and you don't know God. Maybe you're watching and you do know God. First of all, if you know God, I'm going to say this and I don't mean this to be mean, but act like it. Talk like it. Move like it. Sing like it. But maybe you don't know God. Here's the crazy part. Might not have all the answers, but he's just one question away. God, you come dwell with me. I'm getting phone calls from people I haven't talked to in years. Pastor, I'm stressed out. Pastor, I'm this. Pastor, I'm that. The message is still the same. That he loves you. He cares for you. And he's here for you. 
God has not quit on us. Somebody said last night, I heard somebody say on, online, they said, well, why did God let this happen? <laughs> it's a big question to a big God. As if God sits in heaven and goes, watch this. Somebody said this the other day, said, oh, this is God's judgment on the United States. Stop it. Somebody said, this is, this is God's, somebody said, I heard this, some, this is God's judgment on Louisiana. Those are the same people that said Katrina was God's judgment on Louisiana. This is not God's judgment. This is a moment where God's going to deliver. He's going to set the captives free. Maybe you're a nurse. Maybe you're a doctor. I'm praying for you. God's going to be there with you. Maybe you're a parent at home. Don't know what to do. God's going to be there with you. But let him become your strength and your song. How we treat this week, I believe, determines where we go next week. Stop wondering when the cure is going to get here. It's here. It's in you. God's waiting for you to tap into it. You, you, you're a carrier. You don't know Jesus? Watch this, watch this, watch this. All you got to do is sit right where you are and say, Jesus, please, come into my heart. I give you my life. Watch that fast, that fast. Here he comes. And now go ask him for the strength in your song and watch what happens. We've got to walk through this. We've got to get to the other side. Miracles are waiting. Let's go get them. Let him become your strength and your song. I want to pray for you this morning before I send you on your way. I hope and pray that this word is ministered to you and that it's touched your heart. But I need you to understand, let's get ready to march forward this week. Dream dreams. Make plans. Let's do this together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. First of all, for those that are watching, that know you, that love you, and are called according to your purpose. Father, I thank you for those that are watching right now and love you with all their hearts. Father, I pray strength over them. I pray peace and joy over them right now. And I ask, God, that you would walk with them and talk with them. Strengthen them and give them a brand new song in this moment. Father, I thank you you don't quit on us so we're not quitting on you and father for those that are watching right now that somehow ended up on our facebook and they're listening to this message going man i need this so bad in my life for those that are watching oh man i wish i had this that god i pray that you would go into their homes and touch them tangibly touch them right where they sit father right where they are listening to this message whether they're listening to it now or going to listen to it later father whether they're going to stumble upon it later father whatever it is father i pray that this word penetrates the very depths of who they are and helps them to see that they don't have to be alone The season of being broken is over. It's now time to stand up. It's time to sing. Father, I thank you for those that are ready to come home and receive you as their father. 
Father, let your love overcome every situation in their lives. Father, I thank you for this church family. I thank you for your sustaining power. I thank you for your healing. I thank you for your deliverance. I thank you for your strength. I thank you for the songs that will be sung this week. And when we come back together in one accord next Sunday, Father, the celebration will even be louder than it was this week. It will be stronger than it was this week. Father, you are strengthening your house. Not the house, your house, your church in this hour. The church is being strengthened as one body in this hour because, God, you are about to do your greatest work. I believe that, God. We receive that. Now, Father, take us through this week. Continue to minister to us. Continue to speak to us. Give us the strength to keep coming to you, Father. Let us not grow weary in well-doing. Let us not get lost by the reports. And let us be found in the lap of Jesus. <laughs> Sitting at his feet, listening to what he would speak over us in this moment. Let us tune out the noise. And let our songs be heard so that not only our jail cells can be shaken, but that the prisoners around us will want the same freedom that we walk in. Father, we love you with all of our hearts. We thank you for who you are. Father, I pray that you be with everybody this week. Let every family be strengthened. Let every child be strengthened. Let peace reign in their homes. Let joy overtake them. When we come back next week, Father, the celebration will be even greater. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.